Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Psychovetical Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Kirkpatrick. Uh, before we begin this podcast, a uh, little warning. Uh, this podcast contains very strong language and ideas that you may find upsetting. The reason the reason I'm putting a warning here is uh, today's episode. Is it an episode? Today's thing is uh, on the subject of resilience. Now, I should have gone away. I should have spent all week sort of uh, working out about resilience and stuff, uh, but I I haven't. So uh, I, I'm just gonna. I've just got like a a jumble of um, of thoughts in my head uh, to do with resilience because resilience seems to be something you know, like a lot of people um, seem to talk about these days. Which uh, maybe that's a sign. <laughs> maybe that's a sign. Um, maybe that's more important. Why do people keep talking about it? Maybe that's we should ask that question. Um, like there was a like recently. I don't really watch much television. In fact, I, I, don't, I don't think apart from film four, maybe I, I, I kind of avoid watching any kind of television. Um, someone, I think someone said recently that the the number of people watching um, like non fiction TV is uh, massively uh, massively falling like a lot of people watch you know like box sets and things like i've just watched the last episode of the boys which is uh which is uh, uh pretty good but it's a good example of what i'm going what i'm talking about here is that uh, everything is everything's got like a message these days like no nothing seems to just be uh fiction um as as it you know as it as it as it's supposed to be it's always got some kind of um a message kind of in there and even the even the boys you can sort of you can sort of see it it's always that anyone in the anyone to do with the military is always a you know like a a nazi right-wing person who's trying to take over the world and anyone who is you know it's it's always all 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 people with money are uh you know evil bastards who are trying to exploit you know what you know all this kind of stuff so um the more the more you sort of see that kind of thing the more you uh you know, the more you sort of switch off, and like, like, like non-fiction, the non-fiction world is crazy enough. It is as it is anyway. So, um, but I was watching the television somewhere, and there's one of those pro- programs, those kind of SAS, are you tough enough programs? And it it was one of those. Well, I think it's like it's probably like like a syndic- syndicated idea, in that everywhere in the country you'll have like in Ireland here they had like the ra- the Rangers. Are um, a uh, like a special forces here? Like in, I think in Ireland's only got like about five thousand soldiers, and most of them are in like Lebanon or some sort of 
you know, some somewhere unpleasant place acting as peacekeepers. So, but they have this sort of special forces kind of unit called the Rangers, and uh, they had a, they had a program here like Rangers. Are you tough enough? So it's uh, it's very, um, you know, maybe I'm sure that anywhere in the world, anyone who's like in the special forces, uh, they always uh, seem to make these programs about them. But the the program it was, you know, a lot of. Um, you know, a lot of people who were, I guess they were supposed to, either they were like people like Jordan. I don't know what you, what, how you'd, how, anyway, so you had, you had like kind of like celebrities who were famous for being famous and then you had some sort of sports people type people and, you know, footballers and that kind of stuff. And they were just kind of put through the paces um, by these, you know, SAS kind of special forces kind of people. Um, the, the, those Those kind of programs, I hate to say it, um, the only the only special forces person I don't really mind is probably Bear Grylls because he wasn't he wasn't in the special forces really. But yes, he was. Um, I did actually get a message from Bear Grylls recently. If you are listening, Bear, thank you for the message, uh, telling me that my podcast about uh, about him about Bear Grylls was um, uh, very funny or something, but that the SAS story wasn't true. Although I do know someone who told me someone who was in the SAS who said it was true. So. Um, we shall, I, we shall, um, we shall see about that anyway. So, uh, <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, this, but I always find these programs with these SES people kind of a little bit. They kind of give me the the creeps a little bit because I, I always think that that they're always like they're always kind of, sort of very damaged people. Uh, like I know they probably Aunt Middleton's going to come and want to murder me or something, but I think a lot of a lot of those people, like the people you would employ in that kind of job of basically sort of someone who can like like laying a bu- laying a bush you know or like a you know avoiding a roof or something for like a couple of weeks crapping in plastic bags and then looking you know looking at people and then sort of get together and go and kill a person it's a very unique set of skills um very you know um so that so I think I think those people are it's like it's like if you had a program called um you know, can you work in an abattoir? And they had a load of like people who worked in abattoirs, and people would be like, "Oh my god, these people who work in abattoirs—they're they're a bit weird, aren't they? They're not kind of normal." And you see the kind of the kind of environment of working in abattoir. Like, have you ever seen like um, right, you know, meat being rendered, all that kind of stuff? It's just—it really is at the the coal face of some <laughs> some serious dark shit, really. And I think the SAS thing is the is the same, really. Uh, no offense to anybody in the SAS. Um, I have met, I have met, I have met quite a lot of people. I've done some like work work for the army, uh, not 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 assassinations and things, but um, so I've actually met quite a lot of these people, and uh, you know, a lot of them are, are kind of not <laughs> like normal people, but um, some of them some of them aren't. And uh, like I think Aunt Middleton always kind of it kind of scares me, and they always have these photographs. They always have. There's kind of like a, there's like there's some kind of chic like killer chic which i find is a little bit upsetting you cannot you can like a lot of the people who like Aunt middleton and and these people uh like killers basically are people who are like pacifists and they don't eat red meat and they you know they they they're, they're kind of the you know in the the hunger games they're the kind of people who live in the, the capital and um 
and Aunt Middleton or these kind of SS people are basically, you know, Jocko Willink, these people like the they're like the people who were like the gladiators, you know, they're the ones who always win the competition because they're they're cold cold blooded killers really. So um although it was quite cool, I, I quite enjoy quite enjoyed Aunt, seeing Aunt Middleton sort of um, begging for forgiveness for deny- for saying that the COVID wasn't that bad or something, and he did the classic hands clasped together, please forgive me kind of thing. So it 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 shows you that probably you know it's not all it's not all real really. Um, so you know so if so 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 on this program they had all these people. Um, you know, jumping into the cold water and having to carry carry like a uh, like a klepper kayak and things. And what is interesting, the people who often the people who look the least resilient are often the ones who are the most resilient. Like they have nothing. I don't know why that is, but you know, the big roughy tufty guy who's like the the fighter or the rugby player. Like often they'll be like totally pathetic and the. Uh, you know the the tiny little woman who's from you know the, from show jumping or something like they they're like totally hardcore um but at the at the end of this program uh you know you watch this program and they're all shouting at each other shouting at them and you know pulling themselves apart and at the end of the program there was this uh, like a warning and not a warning but like uh, if you found anything in this program upsetting then you know please ring this number for our helpline and and I was like, I was like, really, I was really shocked. Like, I, I don't watch much British TV, so maybe that's maybe that's the end of every every program these days. But the idea that you could voluntarily go and watch a program about celebrities being, um, you know, basically beasted by some ex-soldiers, uh, that that would like traumatize you to the point where you'd have to ring someone up and speak to a counselor. It was like fucking hell. Like, what is the What's the well coming to? And I, uh, I think I sort of like tweeted, um, I tweeted something like, "Have we got um, is it is it that we don't we don't have a mental health problem? We have a, like a mental sort of weakness problem." And of course, whenever you whenever you say anything like this, like at the moment we have all these religions, like new religions. So we have um, sort of race religions, and we have like environmental religions, and 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 it's kind of a mental health religion like if you add the word mental health to things it's like a little little holy kind of thing you know so um there are sometimes these sometimes these can all kind of in, intermingle each other but often a sign of a religion is something where you can't question it you can't question someone else's belief um you know so if i if i make a joke about um you know, make a joke about eating meat or something, you know, or like only, you know, only the bourgeoisie, only the middle class can afford an electric car. Most people, you know, a lot of people don't have a car. Um, you know, people will like completely attack you, like, do you not believe in global warming and, you know, and all these kind of things. So, so the, but the mental health one is, is a little bit like that. Um, like in a way, it's kind of weaponized. You'll always hear like politicians and grifters and all these kind of people will always be throwing in the word mental health as ammunition to prove how important it is what they're what they're saying you know like um you know like like personally like if you know i find masturbation is very you know very important in my mental health so anyone who wants to try and stop me doing it on the bus 
you know, like there, you know, you know, enough said. So um, I don't actually go on the bus very often. Um, <laughs> that's really why I'm banned. So, uh, so of course, like, because I said, like, we've got like a mental, a, a weakness kind of thing. And um, people, you know, you just got all these people like saying, how dare you say that? And I've got this and, you know, I've been diagnosed with whatever, you know, and it's just the same old thing. Like even the word, even the, even the word weakness is something that's like this like triggers people because it's like saying just because I'm weak doesn't mean doesn't mean that you know that I'm that you can call me weak or just it's not weakness it's like a lack of strength and I'm like what well, like like a weak person and um so so I, I, some people like listening to this now will be think will be thinking the same thing like oh my god like I have I have problems with anxiety or I have all these things and I'm not weak and uh, but you are really you know that's the that's the thing so um so, <laughs> so this so this is like uh this is this is not for you really this podcast because I think basically if you are like I I will totally admit it I am like totally weak like I had I uh the other day uh Vanessa bought me bought a packet of um of uh special care but some sort of happy shopper version of special care, a little special care. And I was like, why have you bought them? I'm going to eat them all. And she's like, no, you won't. You'll, you'll control yourself. Anyway, so within, um, within like 24 hours, I'd eaten all of them, which is actually quite good. Um, I would have eaten all of them in one, in like in an hour, but I, I, I had one bowl and I had another one bowl the next day. So, um, but I, I proved my point, you know, like I will eat them all. So, so I, I'm a very, when it comes to cereal, I am like incredibly weak. Like I might be able to go and you know solo a big wall or head off into the the mountains and whatever, um, or stand in front of like thousands of people to tell my stories. But when it comes to cereal, I am seriously weak. So I'm I'm not I'm not coming f- talking about this from a position of like oh look at me how how you know how good I am at not eating cereal. Um, there was a there was a thing um there was a thing it was uh again back to the SAS thing so if anybody here is into the SAS this is good good for you got lots of thing lots of like SAS kind of ch- chat really so there was um there was a someone told me a story and he was somewhere with a load of like american soldiers and they were they were like in the SAS and they were they were talking about um uh, the problem they were like you know this thing like the pro you know how do the how do the british army deal with this problem of finding people to go into a room you know go into the run towards the you know the firefight or whatever go into this room and kill people and the guy was like we didn't know it was a problem so um and i think maybe that maybe this is probably true of um this kind of mental mental strength and resilience was it was it was never really a it was never really a problem before uh you know so the fact it's a problem could could potentially be like a side a side effect of a positive a positive thing so like in like in in almost everything um like positives can lead to negatives and vice versa now so it's a very good way of it's a very good way of um seeing the world um you know, so I would say, you know, like it's a so you know, often often things can seem like oh, this is a fantastic outcome, 
but the long the long term results of it can be like really 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 bad you know so barack obama winning you know becoming a president is really really good unless you're like libyan or syrian then that's really really not very good for you um so so the so the so and 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 the reverse is true so you know you you create the internet and you have all these amazing ways of people to finally communicate with each other like everyone's like a pen pal but you realize that everyone just like hates each other so so you you have these you know so there's a good way of thinking about things like this positive thing in my life you know could be really could be very negative in the long run and vice versa the vice versa is probably more important because there's probably more bad stuff that happens to you in your life than good stuff um which is which is probably better probably you don't want to have too much good stuff because you just get used to it um so in the, so in the past i think the, the idea of like you know like if you were in the if you were in the somme you know you're in your trench and there's rats running everywhere and there's bits of human body hanging off the barbed wire you know and someone said to you oh mick you're so resilient you know and he'd be like what the fuck are you talking about um i think so in the in the past i think the re, the reason people were much more resilient um and the reason why like if you ever like all these kind of books about sas people that kind of stuff like but basically all of them like were in a borstal or something or they were like in prison they they all have exactly any book about like any soldier always begins with like i was in borstal or or, or whatever i was like beaten up as a child by my parents or something they always begin in 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 this thing so so they're like negative uh their negative early life ends up making them like really good at killing people so but there was a, a really good example of this was uh i saw this interview recently with um um what's his name martin uh is it martin mcginnis no that's the irish um thingy mcginnis anyway the guy who started the proud boys which is the only um the only uh, neo-Nazi white supremacy movement headed by a black sort of uh, Mexican guy. Um, but it was an interview with him, Gavin McGuinness, and um, this guy, Christine O'Brien, who's got a, a website. He's got a YouTube channel, like 1791, which is, I find it a very good uh, channel. Um, and he was talking, like, I don't I don't think Gavin McGuinness is a Nazi or a, a racist or whatever. I actually find it very, very funny. And... Um, the fact that that you might think is a Nazi or a racist or the Proud Boys are like neo Nazis, uh, probably means you are also you're, that's also maybe a sign uh, of weakness, maybe because maybe there's a, there's an also an, an aspect of of culture at the moment where people aren't kind of willing to go to source material and consult it because they find it they find it like too upsetting to. Uh, you know, they're, they they physically feel the pain. So this idea of like safe spaces and trigger warnings and all this—it's it's because people like I feel like actual pain. So for me, even saying Gavin McGuinness or Proud Boys, you know, straight away your reaction is like, oh, Andy must be a a member of the Proud Boys or he's a he's a neo-Nazi. And even even if I'm saying, well, in my view. I don't think they're neo-Nazis. I think they're just like the same as like when I lived in London. You know, you had like you had like Nazis and you had anti-Nazis, and basically they were both the same. They're just like having a massive fight with each other. There's no difference from 
from football hooligans. They're all exactly the same. They don't really like the. I don't know if you know this, but the the reason like why football hooliganism ended was was a ecstasy. Like all these people who are trying to kill each other and stabbing each other with razor. I don't think they try to kill each other, but we were like. You know, but they were a bit stabby and stuff. You know, like in, in the eighties, they all started taking um, ecstasy, and uh, they all they all got over it. So, so I reckon that's what we need. We need like the extreme, like all the antifar and all the proud boys used to get get them on ecstasy, and the world would be a the world would be a much happier place. So, um, but in this interview with um, Gavin McGuinness, he's telling this he's telling this story about being on some program and there was this kind of um you know like right wing woman or something now right wing doesn't mean nazi just make that point out there's for, for to have a left wing you have to have a right wing and you have to have a the extreme middle um so um anyway so he said to this woman like oh wow you're 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 really really beautiful like how come you're uh how come you're right wing you must have a like a father who like was you know was incredibly badly burned or something and um I think that was maybe that was true, but this this idea that 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 people who were who were kind of tough tough mentally, like that mental kind of toughness or that resilience, is always going to stem. I would say, like you can't you can't read. You're not going to get resilient resilience from listening to this podcast. Like you either, unless you're really really young, unless you're like six. Then you're fucked if you if you like if you're 36 you're fucked if you don't think you're resilient then you know you you've had it anyway it doesn't matter it doesn't matter about it so um but all the um all the all the shit things in your life that happen to you you know they're they're all just kind of building up this um you know building this uh, what would you call it um it's kind of money in the bank basically for later on uh, I guess it's the same with uh, like a, you know, when you get punched in the face the first time, you know, it's like really not very nice. But when you punch in the face like the, the thousandth time, you know, you don't even feel it. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not that bad. So, um, so, 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 you know, so, so the hard, the hard kind of hard times you have in your life, like, um, you know, having your heart broken or getting divorced or, um you know people you know like dying and and you know all this you know seeing people you know with like you know grandparents with dementia and all and all these kind of things like they're 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 kind of what life is all about in a way like all the nice all the nice stuff maybe this is like a i'm not a catholic but maybe it's like a catholic kind of thing but you know but you're i always i always say that like one thing that sets apart someone who is working class and someone who is kind of middle class is it is that working class people are always on the edge they always feel like they're on the edge of something bad happening whether it's they're going to lose a job or um just 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 you know they haven't got any they've got no real cushioning uh you know like your washing machine stops working you know you're fucked or whatever you know there's 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 always something bad gonna is about to happen and i guess in the past that's kind of been borne out because you know like if you're middle class you're you you have some money in the bank and you're not thinking like that's often my argument about the global warming environmental stuff is that people who often talk about the most are talking about 50 100 years into the future you know where where most people are only thinking about you know next week or 
some people are only thinking about tomorrow or whatever. So so those people who are only thinking about tomorrow, they have this um they have this like they're always on edge the whole time. And yet I don't think those people are actually suffering from anxiety, the same as the people who are who basically have nothing to worry about. They're living in a, a house, they might have a biggish mortgage, but they have like a they have basically have some kind of asset, even if it's just that they're you know they're well educated, they could just get a, they could they have a degree, you could go and live in Canada or Australia or whatever. So where most people, you know, if you're living in Hull or Doncaster or whatever, you you're you're basically fucked. Basically, you know, you're never going to move anywhere else. That's where you you're never going to. That's it. So so um, but because there are because because those people are never really thinking too far ahead, I think they they don't seem to. You know, if you look at sort of working class kids and sort of middle class kids, the middle class kids always seem to be more, have more problems like panic attacks and, you know, stress and self-harming. And um, maybe, maybe like maybe maybe that's not true, but it, se- it seems to me that the the more you have something to actually worry about, the less the less you th- worry about it in a way. Um you know, this is really ter- the really terrible thing about working class people is they just like just spend all their money immediately. Like you know, you know, when you meet people who are really really wealthy, they never spend any money at all. They just put it all in the bank. They're very frugal. You know, they don't make these stupid purchases. Where I just know from my own, my own family, as soon as anyone gets any money, they just spe- they just spend it on like they'll buy a blow up swimming pool or something. It's like it's a weird thing. So, but maybe that's another thing is that you that people don't hold on to what they get because they know they they know it might get taken away you know if, if that makes any sense rather rather it's better to have like a you know a big blast of a firework than you know than some kind of <laughs> so you know some very long like a long fart that goes on for like a few you know a few weeks all the money's gone um <laughs> This is this is not this is like the worst this is the worst talk about resilience um ever. So 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 if you want to have if we wanted to if I wanted to think of some like concrete things about resilience um like I would probably I would probably I probably would say that uh you need some kind of physical resilience to begin with. That's like you found that's the, like your foundation. Um. Uh, and I think because, like, I think often, res- like, a feeling of weakness, because that's what again, that's what we're kind of talking about. That you're, that you're sus, you're Anyway, you can get stuff, as in you're susceptible to, um, you know, anxiety or stress or feelings of, you know, suicidal feelings or. Um, just general depression um it's a little bit like you are allowing yourself to be more easily um, affected by things which will like trigger those emotions inside you and so those those are kind of maybe secondary secondary things but mainly like so the the anxiety and everything else and the resilience is something which maybe allows you it's like taking some, having some kind of inbuilt um, resistance to those feelings, and I think often it's to do with feelings of of being weak, of feeling weak, not necessarily being weak, 
but feeling weak and vulnerable or feeling out of control, um, like, like anger, like one reason why you see a lot of anger on social media is not that people are angry, it's that they feel out of control and they feel, um, you know, they need to have this, like that's why religion is a very, is very effective because it gives people uh, a system where, you know, like God or, you know, God or whoever is not going to, is not going to let you down, you know, he might punish you or do some shit, you know, like a tsunami might wipe out your whole country, but, you know, that was just God being God, but he's never going to, um, he's never going to let you down like politicians do or, you know, some someone you, you like on television suddenly starts voting for someone you don't like or, you know, whatever. So, um, so, so like feeling, feelings of, um, of not being in control. So like for in the UK, it would be like a good example is someone who, um, is against Brexit. Like I would say the Brexit thing is like, 50 50 on both sides like both sides are, are, are right and the, and whoever you know whichever way it went it could have equally bad outcomes to be you know to be in the eu you know the eu could completely collapse and it could you know probably will do anyway it'd be really terrible to be out of the eu you know your whole trade thing could fall apart and you just end up being like a basket case of europe all that you know so so both sides are, are kind of right at the same time but ultimately, one side maybe maybe mistakenly feels like they're gaining control. So if you're a Brexit Brexiteer, you feel you're gaining control of your country, where the other side, the what they call them, the, the Remainers, like they feel like they're losing control. So if that makes any sense. So this is not this is not an argument on either side, but this is a, this is a feeling of how people feel, and the same way. Like if you support Trump, you know, you feel he's like taking, you know, he's like draining the swamp or whatever, where so, so, you know, anything, anything that's crazy he's doing, it's like, like, yeah, whatever, you know, in the long run, in the long run, this is going to be good. Where if you hate Trump, you're like, you know, this guy is, has no control over anything. And, but like, ultimately the, the like control, I would say is, is an illusion. It's, it's basically something people sell. You know, we, I, I will, that's why religion is very effective because it gives this illusion of control but without having to do anything. So, you know, like, so no matter what shit happens, it's just God's will. Um, it's no one's fault, but he don't, you know, believe he is totally in control. But when um, politicians and everybody else sort of take over that role, like forget God, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just as good. In fact, I, I'm better. Um, you know, humans are just you know they're just crap you know very you know they're just not very good at a lot of this stuff it's too complex and there's too many variables and it's always about reacting badly and then 90% of it is just pretending and covering up you know like all conspiracies I mean it's all about covering up your fuck-ups basically so um so and, and we're increasingly able to see how incompetent people we were always thought were competent at least semi-competent and now like totally incompetent and um so this is this is also probably leading into feelings of um a lack of certainty a lack of control and leading to anxiety and 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 everything else unless you're working class then you probably you probably don't care so um so but but what so so i so 
if you have some kind of physical resilience now this is now i'm talking about this from the from the perspective of being like a, a man um like maybe women maybe women are looking for want something different but like ultimately if you like strip it all back down if you feel like you could you know if you feel like if someone came into your house or like attacked you in the street and the, and you can like leather them and beat them up or whatever or you you know they're not going to kill you or whatever you could run away really really well um i reckon that you know that if you go right back down to that kind of being in the on the savanna and a lion chasing you and your mate you know um you, there there are some sort of core core things and i think physicality like feeling strong feeling fit feeling healthy is probably one of the most effective ways of um of trying to regain some sort of resilience and sort of control of your life um like even if you know there's a classic thing is that you should always i think it was um what's that guy john peterson or somebody or some u.s navy seal was was saying about making your bed you know you should always make your bed at the beginning of the day because no matter how no matter how shit the day is you've always got a bed that's made at the end of it but the same thing with um with trying to to have some control or you over the physical your physical world you know if things if things are you know if things are shit in your life then going for a run or um you know going for like a massive walk or going climbing or or whatever or um you know that's they're like like great because you you will always feel better when you you never you're never going to feel bad worse when you come back um like even if you feel fucked you'll feel great you're great feel fucked in a great way so so doing some trying to to build that into your life uh like i know i know loads of people like the cl- the classic thing uh like in the past i've written quite a lot about depression and all that kind of rubbish so you know the classic thing i once said to somebody they were like what do you do if you've got the black dog which is black dog means like depression and i said like get yourself a dog and they did and it kind of it kind of really helped them because they they had a dog they had to take walking every day like you know twice a day i took this dog for a walk and they were focusing more on the dog you know than just on themselves but so the act of walking was very good i think like will will gad has this thing about moving like just keep keep moving um it's the same like recently we had someone come here had like a little like a two-year-old who was like you know a little bit of a you know the type of child who like head butts you in the face and stuff like so you know they were like they were like oh my god what are we gonna do and i was like look i've had i've had to, i've had two kids i thought i'm not interested in fanning on with somebody else's kids but you could see that they were like struggling with this child so i just like picked the child up stuck him on my shoulders and just, like walked out down the street down into the walk down to this to the sea or whatever um and like once once you're moving you know you yeah i don't know so there's something about moving like moving is just uh it's just it's just good for you so um like if you if you if you're you know if your wife has left you and you feel like suicidal and you go for a run um and you come back and you still feel exactly the same which you probably will do then you know just just hang on till your next run <laughs> just keep doing that and eventually you know you'll have such bad like tendonitis or some kind of horrible you know running disease you won't you won't think about it anymore 
So yeah, so the physical, the physical side. Like I, mean, I keep looking, I keep trying to buy some, some um, weights, uh, some some belts, some um, uh, plates for like doing like, you know, weightlifting and stuff. Because I, I I've got some kettlebells here, but I haven't got anything else. And but you just can't buy them. Like months and months and months in, like they're always out of stock everywhere you look. So I think that's a good sign, maybe. Like a lot of people seem to have been uh, switching on to this like physical side and and often in often in in times of like pretty shitty sort of stuff that's going on uh you know people often come out of it more resilient because they have had to deal with mentally come come up with a way of dealing with the shit that's going on in their life and around them and the coping strategy and also they tend to migrate towards this kind of physical kind of side and like I, I do know people who have gone from you know very kind of angry bitter you know like life is basically over you know like I'm so shit you know blah 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 um to getting into slowly getting into sort of training and uh and and it's it's built like a really solid amount of um sort of self-confidence in them and it's kind of this kind of physical they, they, they know like if you can if you can go from you know if you can start doing deadlifting or whatever and you're you know you go from being this complete loser who can hardly lift the bar off the ground to being someone who can you know lift a really impressive amount of weight like it really it does make a real you know a really solid it does make a real a, a real difference to the way you you hold yourself the way you think about yourself um you know it's this is like it's a really it's really really simple stuff but maybe that is why it's so good um another thing another thing to think about is um is avoiding you know like the, like have a, like look into like the idea of like stoicism like the philosophy of stoicism like that like that that kind of philosophy you know you know stretched over like thousands of years probably you know it was like well it was, well it was like hundreds of years so it began in Greece and it was in the you know to Rome and it's kind of integrated itself into lots of time kind of thinking but but uh, but there's this thing about um well a you're in control of how you feel that's very that's very important and for all so so for all those people who got into weightlifting during hard times then there was all the other people who didn't and they just either they just ended up having miserable depressing lives just taking loads of drugs or alcohol or you know whatever you know depression medication or whatever um you know and that's fine for them but it's not it's not a good outcome um so there's the so there's the flip side. So, but the one thing you have to realize is that some people kind of like it on a sub on a subconscious level. You know, some I don't know if it's like if we if we apply the eighty twenty rule, I would probably say that only twenty percent of people are going to get out of that spiral, and I think the other eighty percent are just like the living the living dead. And it's really horrible to say it like that, but that is kind of kind of how it is. So you basically you you have to kind of avoid you have to I sound like Tom Cruise in like Steel Magnolia for it is but you you like those those people are they they just don't want to they don't want to get out of it really you know like you can you can offer people like this these things you could do these you could really you know like just stop eating shit food you know is is another good one you know like if you eat shit food you'll just feel shit and um 
you know, but people don't want to, and they'll make all the excuses. But you just can't. You can't help people. You really have to really focus on on. It's a bit like being a first responder in a way. You have to look after yourself to begin with. Um, otherwise, you know, if you're not there, you're not going to help anybody. So it is. So it's been very choosy on who you try and and help and who you try and hang out with. Like the classic thing is avoid drains, you know, and hang around radiators. Um, and it's um, you know, it's like it's it's kind of tough. But if you do, I, I find like positive people tend to um, you know get. I I don't really hang out with any with either positive people or negative people. I don't really hang out with any people. So I hang out with my wife, and she's very positive. So that's that's. But I I you know I don't. I'm not someone who needs a lot of people to feel positive or negative. So I, but some people do. So. Um, you know, and if you have, if you do, if you are exposed to negative stuff, so the classic thing would be, you know, comment sections on on um, social media. You know, like just try and cut it out because it's not going to do you any good. Like it's no good having wasting your life energy on a, a conversation that is meaningless and no one is going to read it apart from you, and. You know, you'll probably regret it. Like in a year's time, you'll go back and look at all the things you said a year before. They're probably all shit. You know, it's it's it just sounds it's just embarrassing, basically. So, um, so trying to trying to cut all those things out of your life. Like I I I, so I, I know I keep saying it, but I I try and st- try and as best as I can to stay away from the social media. But unfortunately, it's my job, so I have to kind of engage with it but um i use this thing is it uh is it attention span no it's um uh self-control it's called on a mac i'm sure there must be one for pcs where i just set it for uh 24 hours and once i click it i can't use uh twitter instagram you know all all these kind of things and um I find that very good because then I don't have to think about it. I don't have to like engage. Like if so, if I say if I if I'm like controversial, if I say something that's going to piss people off on Twitter, by the time I get back onto it, like it's kind of it's not even worth replying because it's you know time has passed. And um, and avoid things like again, I I'd, I'd avoid like you know like on Vanessa's phone. I, I like looked on BBC website on Vanessa's phone. And it's about some there's some story about a Nigerian serial killer who's being like executed or whatever. But do I need to know that? I don't think I do really. So, um, you know, if there's if there's like a serial killer like you know in Galway, then I'd, I'd probably be interested in that. But anywhere else, I don't really care really. So, so don't try and fill your life. Like the BBC is the worst for it. Just don't. Yeah, you are going to be an ignoramus, but um, you know, I, I, I was once in Australia. Like my wife is like my. You know, she's my model of being ignorant in a, in a positive way, very progressive, ignorant way. Like we're in Australia, and it was the Queen's birthday in Australia, and Vanessa was like, "Oh my God!" Like Australia's got a Queen as well. Anyway, so um, if you, so she she's always often coming up with these uh these really interesting things like that. So I I always tell the story how she didn't know that the 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 uh the twin towers fell down in September the eleventh, um, because she was out playing football or something. So. But that is a that's a good thing. That's not a that's not like a negative thing. So so yeah. So try and try and like monitor what's going in 
what's going in. I, like, hopefully, some of this is to do with um, climbing. This is supposed to be a climbing podcast. So, if, if I wanted to flip it into a climbing thing, is 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 try and try and think about you. Um, you know, if you always think about falling off, and if you always think about having a bad accident, like those things are good things to have, have in the background, really. But like, look, keep them, keep them, you know, keep them low down. But you know, try and have like positive thoughts about, um, you know, what about the climbing you're doing. Now, I remember Tim Emmett. Now, Tim Emmett is like a ph- phenomenal climber, and he's been like a phenomenal climber. Like I first met him when he was like 19, and he's still like climbing like really, really hard in his like 40s. And um, I remember, like Tim, like I was, I was always uh, when I was climbing. Like I'm, a, I'm a shit climber, but I'd always be really, really too focused on putting the gear in. I'd always be looking at where the gear was, where Tim would just be looking at where he could have a rest. So he knew if you know if you get to this point, he could have a rest, get some gear in, then he can move to the next point, have a rest, get some gear in. Where if you're just thinking about the gear. There's like so much gear on a lot of routes. If you're doing like easier routes, you'll just waste all your energy just hanging around trying to put gear in. So I always thought that was a very positive thing. And he was, and he never seemed to be. He didn't really care about falling off, you know, because he probably because he was crazy. Um, but you know, so I guess I, I guess like turning a classic one is turning the negative of falling into a positive, as in I enjoy falling off, like bungee jumping. So that's a good, um, you know, that's a good. Uh, you know, tr- trying to flip, trying to flip the script, basically. Um, what was it? I've written like a few things here, was it? Uh, so, yeah, take, so taking control of your thoughts, basically, is like, like I, I think, like, I don't know if because I, cause I, cause I do quite a lot of writing. I, I think I often, I often listen to how people speak and how they talk about themselves a lot. And people often are very disparaging about themselves or very, um, disparaging about others or or other ideas or whatever we're not often not very consistent in our moral kind of positions like we allow allow others to get away with stuff that we don't allow other people to you know and the same same with ourselves really so having some sort of you know listening to how you think about yourself and how you speak about yourself is uh is um like really really important and you can you know we're very easy to program human beings you know you can we give you know just just watch if you know netflix for a while and you'll be thinking different things than what you did to begin with so um you know so yeah so you know you can attempt to try and program yourself in sort of in positive ways in how you deal with stuff like a really a friend of mine his uh his son was um just dropped out of going into the air force because he was uh struggling with anxiety and i was i, I recommended that he read um david goggins um book um is it called can't, can't kill me or can't hurt me or something now um if you if you're gonna listen if you've if you've read if you've read this book or listen to this book you'll i'm sure you'll agree it's like an amazing book about re, you know resilience and um sort of inner strength and stuff but if you um if you have if you haven't then uh, <coughs> sorry i've got have a drink of tea hold on if you haven't, then um, <coughs> sound like all emotional. If you haven't, then um, get the audio version on Audible because the audio audio version 
has um, David Goggins is like speaking in between. Now, when David Goggins starts start speaking, you'd be like, oh my God, who's this retard? Like, you're just like, hi, my name's David Goggins. And you're like, oh my God, like, this is going to be terrible. So, but but stick with it. So, um, so David Goggins, for those who don't know, he was a, um, he was, he was a, he was basically like kind of abused by his father and, uh, um, he had the he was a, he's kind of black so he had this like sort of sort of shitty kind of upbringing um he wasn't like he wasn't poor but he was like his dad was like a businessman and he was basically in like an abusive relationship with his father and then he uh he was just basically he was someone like most like everyone he had like a, a lot of potential but he had a lot of um, log jams in his life and a lot of stuff he was like self-destructive and self-sabotaging and everything else and uh he basically had this weird thing where some people they're they feel like they're absolute absolutely shit but at the same time they have these incredible incredibly ambitious at the same time so he ended he ended up he tried to be a, like a pararescue guy who's you know like an, an elite kind of soldier who like parachutes out of planes and rescues people and he, he kind of struggled with the swimming now black like whether this is true or not but it seems to be true from when i talk to people is like if you're a lot some black people are very dense um <laughs> physically dense so they have like they have a, a lower buoyancy so um so he really struggled with his buoyancy. So we had to go through like the swimming phase of being a pararescue man. He just he just found it like terrifying. So um so he and he didn't manage to be a pararescue man and he sort of dropped out and then he went to the air force and then he left. And then he ended up just being being a having a crap job, sort of um as a pest control and he got really, really fat, like three hundred pounds or whatever. I don't know, is that fat? I don't know. And then, um, and then he decided to want to be a Navy SEAL, and so he so he tried like three times. Like, so if you're black, like I think very few black people have ever become Navy SEALs because of probably to do with um, um, sort of density. That's why, like a lot, like if you if you're black, you have a much higher chance of drowning. If you look at the statistics, it's not. It's, it's anyway. So um, <laughs> so um, there was a so yeah so. He, Anyways, he tried and tried and tried and tried, and he had shin splints and everything else. And he basically did like hell week like three times. But eventually, he becomes a Navy SEAL, and that's just kind of the beginning of the book. You know, the book then goes on to doing like ultra running and um, endurance and all this kind of stuff. So, absolutely amazing book, really good. Like, listen to it when we were in like Saudi Arabia, and like whatever we did, we're always like channeling the in the Goggins. Like, oh, I can't be asking this, but what would what would Goggins do? We would always. We'd always like think like that. So, um, but what's interesting about the book is like Goggins is still a complete fuck up, basically. You know, he's, he 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 doesn't talk about it, but he's obviously, in a way, he's like turned into his father. Uh, like he's incredibly driven. Um, you know, he's probably very selfish and self centered. Like he, I think he has like three wives in the book, and he's got there's like children and all sorts of stuff. But he kind of just goes over all that. So, um. So, but he's kind of making the most. He's made the most of what he has in a way. Uh, but it doesn't make like I think, you know, to be a very resilient person. If, like, if I was a, if I was a resilient person, then calling other people weak wouldn't really uh, wouldn't really upset me. If if you know what I mean, um, because you just have to be maybe maybe a bit less sensitive about what other people think about you and maybe a little bit less sensitive about you think about yourself so don't try and um you know 
don't try and overthink things. Like Goggins is one of these people where he's obviously self-medicating through exercise to deal with a lot of shit. And, you know, from those negatives, very dark sort of negatives in his life, you know, he's got some positives, you know, basically <laughs> killing, killing people in Iraq or whatever. So, but, you know, but, it, but it's... You got you got to make the most of what you've got, and that's what he, uh, you know. So that's yeah. So um, yeah, so it is because you are like you are like the manifestation of all the shit in your life. You're not the manifestation of all the nice, the nice things. And if you only ever had nice things, and like parents who were well balanced and looked after you, and you know, told you, you don't have to worry about anything, you'd always be okay, and you'll inherit this house and we'll get you a job with a friend and blah 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 and we'll take you to university if you don't like it we'll pick you up and bring you home and all these kind of things and those people are fucked basically because they haven't really they've not had these uh abusive parents and you know neglect and uh and all those kind of things but you do luckily life will always you know life will uh sort you out it'll always um you know what do you call like a you know, conservative. Someone with a conservative like mind, mindset is like someone who's been uh, mugged by uh, reality. They often say so. I think life is is like that. You might, you know, at twenty. You might have this. You might have no real. Um, you know, you might have no real resistance to what's going to happen. You know, in the next the rest of your life. But by thirty, you'll probably have had like some failed relationships you'll have been made redundant maybe you'll have had like some health scares or whatever so you'll so you so slowly you're slowly you'll you'll be knocked into shape but um the sooner the sooner you could do that the better so but that's down to your parents to be uh horrible and uh and abusive and stuff um so i guess another another thing is 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 kind of spiritual strength now I, wrote, I was thinking about this today, like spiritual strength. As soon as you, do, as soon as you say the word spiritual, people, um, you know, people think you're being religious or whatever. Like I'm not, I'm not religious at all. But I, I am, I am very interested in religion, but without being religious. And I think, I think trying to understand where people are coming from, because I think, I think that part of your, that part of us, the madness, the mad part of us. Um, which where manifests itself in like organized religion is something that you neglect at your peril really because it's like a it's a space inside you that will always be filled with something like it could be subutio or you know a model railway building but it will get filled with something now what fills that is actually very you know very important for a lot of people it'd be like climbing um it'd be something that's um like I, I don't even need. I don't. I don't think I even need to go and look at the dictionary definition of spiritual. Because I think when you are when you are in touch with that spiritual thing or your spirit, I think we we all know what it feels like, don't we? So, and um, so yeah, I think it's. A, I think it's maybe it's getting maybe it's getting older in life, but you know maybe trying to instead of just instead of being like so resistant to other people's religion and just think they're all stupid and retarded and backward, you know, like whether it's Judaism or, you know, Islam or or whatever, the all the other ones, um, like Buddhism seems to be incredibly popular, but, um, <laughs> but, but I think it's, I think it's worth like trying to understand the human aspect of it because, uh, you, uh, I think you're. I think you're better for it in a way. I think, 
instead of instead of being so cynical you know like you can be i think getting maybe cynicism is actually a bit of a is being resistant to things is actually maybe a negative like trying to be less less cynical about everything and trying to understand be more interested in things especially things you're not supposed to be interested in that's um you know that's that's kind of good um so i think that i think i was gonna i've got i've got i've got my book here this book i wrote this um this is uh me myself and i or me myself and i the first the first time i published it um someone was supposed to have uh edited it so there was no spelling mistakes in it but actually it's like full of spelling mistakes but the only thing i had to do that wasn't um proofread was the front cover and just on the back it just says me myself and i but on the first lot i just i misspelled a bit misspelled myself so it was like me myself and i so we was in the house so it's called it me myself and i um uh, so this was this was a book i did it was like, it's just about a book about um how to solo big walls and stuff um and I just thought I'd read a little tiny bit on it. it might be a might be appropriate. So I think I think so. So soloing, like if I have if I have any if I have any um, uh, qualifications for talking about resilience, it probably would come from um, soloing, uh, soloing big walls and things. Because because when you're when you're on a big wall, you're all by yourself, obviously, and you've got no one there to look look at to support you or to lift you know help you lift the load or whatever you've you're you're all by yourself so you have to come up with ways of um of not like folding and not being not being weak basically of finding some some sort of strength and i think you can actually you can actually be you can actually find incredible strength even in even in the middle of like a massive amount of weakness if you know what I mean, like have no doubt about it. If when you're on a big wall and it's like day ten or whatever, and you're absolutely wasted, there is no way that in that moment you are this like incredibly strong, heroic human being. You are totally pathetic and weak and whatever. Um, but what you tend to what you tend to do is you know you have this little tiny, you have this like this this little flame of strength inside you which you know when you first started it was like a, a roaring you know log fire of, of strength but it's but by then it's kind of quite small it, but it can't it can't it can never go out really it's always there somewhere there's always a little spark of it somewhere Um sometimes like sometimes you just uh you just if that's if that's if that's giving off some kind of power this little flame of of, of inner strength then you just have to just go at that the speed of that strength if you know what i mean like if you're if you're you know like i i have i have like i hate when people say like i've struggled with or i've i'm a survivor of this but like i've had i've had times in my life where i literally could not move off the settee you know like i've just not mentally just been like like not not wanting to do anything whatsoever and you know, like so, like often that that flame is in there. That that flame of resilience is saying to you, you may, you may feel like this right now, but you know this negative will flip into a into a positive, and you'll look back at this as a as a positive in your life. Of you know the the as dark as things feel, one day this will be a positive. Like luckily, you don't feel like that about negatives. Oh, positives. When it's a positive, you're like, oh, this is cool. 
but it's not really that. It's you know, it's fleeting. Like the 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 positives are fleeting, but the negatives like have like real kind of sustain. Like you want them to end, but the, but you carry them with you if you know what I mean. Where the positives, like you know, how many kisses, how many kisses do you have in your life? How many of those do you remember? Like you know, a few, but not all of them. So how many really shitty things have you done in your life? You know, quite a few, and you remember all of them. So. Um, so yeah, so so I don't want to I don't want to sound like someone who's saying to be resilient you have to be this uh, superhuman kind of person. You can actually be, you know, incredibly weak and beaten up and vulnerable. But there is the, there was always that that that's that strength because there ha- there has to be, isn't there? Really, you know, what's the what's the alternative really? So um, so this is this is like a little bit in this book. Uh, I need to read. I need to rewrite this book because it's like, it's quite old now. But it was all about soloing, and it had, uh, you know, like, one bit was about the <laughs> the mind, which is probably the most important, most important bit. Uh, is it? So this is a, this got old stuff about failure, self empathy. What's that? Self empathy. In order to survive and thrive on a wall, you must develop self empathy or the ability to love yourself. Yes, that's quite it. But don't love yourself too much. That's what I say. Uh, <laughs> get yourself a room. Um, or keeping on keeping on going. This is a little tiny bit. Um, there will be many crises around. There will be many crises around a climb. Doubts about your plans and dreams, and deep feelings of fear and trepidation. In these moments, you will need some way of pressing on. One method is to have a mantra that you use in order to ignore the negative, such as "I will keep climbing. I will get to the top." Or a little story, such as when Royal Robbins made the first solo scent of El Cap. He almost bailed, but decided to place one more pitten. And you recall that when you led, and you recall that that led to the, and you recall, someone's saying that. Um, basically, Royal Robbins, he wanted to, he wanted to bail when he was trying to solo El Cap, and he decided to place one more pitten before he came down, and then he decided to place one more, and then like 11 days later, he was at the top. Um, my own favourite is perhaps a variation of the Invictus theme of being the captain of my own fate. In it, I visualise an old gnarled hand on the tiller of a small fishing boat tossed around in the ocean. There is, there is every reason why the hand should turn and return to port, but the fisherman is not scared. He understands the sea and stays on course. So, I don't know if that's, any, if that's appropriate, but... Um, so yeah, so I'm sure I could waffle on about this a lot. Uh, a low cat, low cat read from books. It's definitely worth reading um, uh, as much as you can about people who overcome um, difficult things. Like I would say, like Goggins' book is is a good one for that. A lot of those kind of books, like I quite like kind of army kind of books because um, they're always you know people have to go through. Like being in a war is probably the ultimate you know ultimate kind of shit to go get through um like if is it uh primo levy's book i think if is this is this a man that's a good book about being in uh concentration you know a jewish concentration camp uh alone at sea by hans lindemann about crossing the atlantic in 11 foot long kayak in 1956 uh from the canaries to the caribbean is like amazing for me it's an amazing book um but all the all the all you know any books again like avoid avoid 
fiction uh you know like the real non-fiction is that i think it's always more interesting like how people of you know of i guess overcumption that's another way of describing it that's what um douglas adams called this uh this thing in some people how they can overcome problems overcumption is probably a better better way of better way of seeing it um so yeah like i i it's interesting um maybe it's about the fight maybe maybe it's about not it's like a there's something in some people where they won't give in they just you know they, they just keep fighting like my book the down book has been like shortlisted shortlisted for uh the banff um banff mountain mountain book festival award like there's like there's one category for guidebooks and instructional books and um so Down is in there, and Pete Whitaker's books in there, like his crack climbing book, and Ian Parnell's um, uh, it's a Hard Rock book, which is which is weird, really, because I know I know the other the other the other two. We all we all used to live in Sheffield, so that's a good, quite a good that three kind of British authors have got books in there. Um, although I, you know, I illustrated my book as well, and um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so the book the book you know you have this thing from Banff um, saying about your. You know your your books in the in the shortlist. You know you, you, it's either me, Ian, or Pete are going to win this book award, and uh, you know and the Banff people. You know they're all very they're all like lovely people, but they're all very like most most climbers are all very like um, you know they're all very like left leaning, you know tree hugging, you know stroke a polar bear kind of kind of people. So you. So I'm always, I always feel like I'm always a bit of a pain in the ass because I'm not, I'm not, I don't really play that that character kind of very well, and uh, and I remember like I found out the news that I was gonna that I was up for this shortlist. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like I really, and I feel I felt really honoured to to like I won that award for like a thousand and one climbing tips. So it was like really cool to get like another 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 one. If I got one, to get some money maybe don't know but it would yeah, really be really cool to get to, to to get it and i think uh higher education got nominated before and uh, i always remember when higher education didn't win i was like i wonder if it didn't win because i was a bit controversial or i'd like tweeted something or said something and people would be like oh i can't give you know i can't give him you know like and i just saw like donald trump didn't win a nobel i think he had three nobel peace prize nominations and n- n- whether you like Donald Trump or not, I think that the uh, the what's going on in the Middle East like deserves probably some kind of Nobel Peace Prize, and that's quite a big. I think it's quite a big deal. Anyway, so um, uh, we didn't he didn't win it, but but like if it hadn't been Donald Trump, then would he have won? Maybe, probably. Um, so but these things always going go in your head, like, and and Vanessa's the saying like Vanessa doesn't like anything controversial. She's like. No, don't say anything or do anything controversial because you or piss anybody off. Otherwise, you know you just you're gonna have to get this. Uh, you know you you might jeopardize your chances of um, of getting getting this getting this award. And and I was sitting on the beach and unfortunately I managed to get hold of her phone. I was like flicking through the phone. I was looking at the. Uh, I was looking at. Path, I was looking looking for a hat for going running in some running kind of hat, and to keep the rain off my face because it's always raining here. And and I went on the Patagonia website, and it was and unfortunately I saw the thing where it said that Patagonia is an anti-racist, working to become an anti-racist um, company, and in the in that moment I just had this like this urge to make a joke about it, 
Um, you know, as in, you know, they they've always they always cared more about salmon than about people of you know people of color or something. And and part of me was like, don't do it, don't 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 take the piss out of them. You'll just you know you'll just people just think you're a racist if you make fun of anti-racist people who say they're anti-racists. And uh, but I couldn't help myself, and I just and I just made it, took the piss out of them. I said something that that you could tell they were racist because they used like YKK zips. And um, but people didn't realize I was joking, so they were like, "Everyone, loads of trousers have YKK zips. Good luck with that." So, um, but I would I would say that that is kind of an expression of resilience, if that if that makes any sense, is is to not to not to not be a, a pain in the arse and to not comment on something like that, which is in my character to take the piss out of you know out of those kind of things would be to sacrifice something that somebody else is in control or something else is in control of me and I would then not feel in control of myself, if that makes any sense. So, um, so yeah, or maybe that's just an excuse for, <laughs> for this. So, anyway, so we're on that negative, on that negative note, I'll tell you if I, if I, if I win or lose, but we shall see. Uh, but anyway, the other two guys are the, equally deserving of uh, Pete, Pete's... I don't know if you read Pete's book, Pete's crack climbing book. Uh, really good. It's very, it's um, it's very uh, like actually it's funny because I, g- I gave Pete a copy of um, a copy of my soloing book, and then he then he really got into like rope soloing, and I think maybe potentially his book is a little bit like one of my books, and it's like super 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 detailed, like it's like an you know like an obsessive compulsive person's uh, book about crack climbing. It's very very detailed. But very, um, you know, really, really good. So, um, so yeah. So I don't know. What I'm, I'm, I'm going to do some. Uh, I'm going to talk to um, uh, some people coming up. So maybe I'll do some podcasts where I'm not talking myself for like fucking hours. And uh, thanks for all the thanks for all the uh, emails and messages saying I'm glad I've come back to podcasting. Maybe you don't agree on that now. And um, And uh, that's it. Until next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.